0: This episode of All Talk No Balk is sponsored by Anchor FM. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First off, it's free, so you don't have to worry about additional charges and fees. And you don't have to have a limit on your creativity. Speaking of creativity, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast directly from your computer or phone. So if you're on the go, this platform is definitely for you. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be listened to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other listening site. Also, you can make money from your podcasts with no minimum listenership. Anchor gives you everything you need to make a successful podcast all in one convenient space. If you're just getting started with podcasting, or if you're a seasoned content creator, please download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Again, that's anchor.fm, A-N-C-H-O-R.fm. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the All Talk, No Bog podcast. My name is Andy Doherty, and I am along with my co-host, Nico Weathers. Nico, how you doing?
1: My eye hurts. That's how (laughs) I'm doing. Why does your eye hurt? Because cat allergies. My girlfriend has a cat or had a cat, whatever, whatever it is. I don't know. Um, Definitely was over here where I'm sitting doing this podcast, and my eye is red. Did you get rid of it? Why are you using it in the past tense? I think she got rid of it, but other than that, I don't know, because now I'm scratching this whole podcast. I'm uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, you're really going at that eye. Um, I found some Cub memes for you. Uh post trade deadline. Uh, you know, they say the the text line of Cubs trade right field ivy for two starter plants and a bush to be named later. Uh also uh Bush leaguer on Facebook posted Jock Peterson to the Atlanta Braves, Andrew Chaffin to the Oakland Athletics, you know, just going over all the roster moves. Uh, and what do the what do the Chicago Cub fans get? They get depression. <laughs> what are uh, what are your reactions to those
1: memes? Corny, 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 corny. I thought you were going to come harder with the um, the memes. That was a, that wasn't it at all.
0: It was the best ones I could find. I mean, I feel like they're accurate. They traded everybody away. I found
1: better memes about the trades that the Cubs made than that, and I wasn't even searching for them.
0: Wow. All right. All right. Shut me, shut me down at every instance, Nico. I have
1: to, that's Um, the only way.
0: (laughs) This morning, Japan beats the USA in the gold medal game for the Olympics. Um, Decent, decent game. I feel like all the Olympic games were pretty decent. They were kind of, I I, I wouldn't say they were unwatchable. They were just kind of boring. You know, I think people are going to say when they're, comparing like oh do i want to watch an mlb baseball game versus an olympic baseball game when like you know there's zero star power for any of these teams uh where where they're playing for their national teams because they're all in the mlb uh i feel like the games really get something taken away from it uh especially when you compare it to like what happened with the baseball classic where those games were like so much fun and entertaining um what what, what's your perspective on that?
1: I mean, like you were saying, it's not a lot of, you know, heavy-hitting names. Granted, because the season still is going on for the MLB, which is like the granddaddy of them all, the highest-paid league in any baseball league across the entire world. Uh, But it's positive to take away from it because the rosters. So, like, it's a bunch of AAA guys. It's a bunch of AA guys on this team. And you have some old veterans, but you have a good mix of young players too, like mid-young, you know, like 25, 26. They still have something to prove they still want to play at a competitive level and medal for the country, so that's why I'm not upset with the rosters, like I said, it's not a lot of heavy hitting names,
0: but i just I just think that they're all these all these guys are like bench I mean you know in his time, uh Todd Frazier was one of the best third basemen in the game, one of the best power hitters in the game, but you know that time has long since gone, but besides him, like Anthony ghosts uh nick martinez scott cashmere a lot of these guys like you know they weren't like considered great you know what i mean like and that really uh and that really i think that that takes it away from it it just you know it's like oh you're watching baseball but why are you gonna watch it and if, if you know that pros are playing somewhere else
1: you're gonna watch it because the olympics are more important than everything else the olympics is putting on for an entire country uh regularly like the mlb you're putting on for a city mlb that's focused more on the individual when you play for the olympics that's focused on the country you care more because you're representing your country you're trying to be better than everyone else the roster that we put out there it was good enough to win silver i wish we would have got gold japan won their first gold but hey it happens
0: yeah i mean i i, I look at the japan roster and I, I i only know uh um what's his name uh Masahiro Tanaka. That's the only name I know from that entire team. <laughs> Which... I'm
1: shocked he was pitching this because, you know, the, the league is still, the game's still going on. So this oh, weird...
0: he's gone. He retired last year. When?
1: What? What? Yeah. You didn't know that? But dude, I don't pay attention to former Yankee players. But um, <laughs> well, he's just retired. He's not even that old, is he?
0: Nah, I think he was like 32 or 33. He just kept hurting his arm and, and he said, all right, enough. I don't. I think he had like a two-year gap of like he played like you know whatever five games over two seasons, and he just called it quits. He ah. just was getting too injured.
1: Shout out to Masahiro Tanaka. You retire because your arms hurting, and then you end up pitching in the Olympics. But okay, to each his own. To each his own. But uh, go ahead.
0: Oh, well, I was going to say it's like funny when you say that of like a guy who just got injured a couple times and and, you know, retires because of his injuries. When you have somebody like Scott Cashmere, who's literally had like four different careers in the MLB and is still pitching in uh, independent league baseball to try and get back into the MLB again, and people are going uh, oh, look at Scott Cashmere and blah, 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 and stuff like that. Like, he could still be pitching today, and, and now people might be looking at Scott Cashmere for, for a late ad for a playoff run or, you know, in spring training next year when uh, someone needs a fifth starter.
1: They definitely, I mean, because no one really cares about the fourth or fifth. They just want you to get through five or six innings. Five or six innings, three or less runs. That's all we ask of you. So I could really see it happen. Or you throw him in a bullpen, he'd be a long reliever. That's about it.
0: Yeah. I don't think he wants that. I think he wants to start and only start. I think that was that was his decision to leave baseball prior to that. I think he was like, "Yeah, hey, I'll go pitching in an independent league where I can I can strike out ten guys, and pitch eight innings because it's independent." A in lot baseball. of people,
1: it's a lot. It's a pride thing sometimes. Like a lot of these people on this UO Team USA roster are fighting for their pride. The Edwin Jacksons, the yeah. Scott Cashmirs, the Joe Ryans of the world—they're fighting to get back in the MLB. Because they know they still got some stuff. They don't want to be in a A anymore. They don't want to be in a Double A or just a free agent. They have stuff to prove.
0: I also find it funny that this team was like one of the higher scoring teams, and a bunch of these guys have career averages of like one forty, like under two hundred, under Mendoza line numbers. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the pitchers' ERAs were over like six. When uh when they left MLB or you know got sent down, so it's just it's pretty. And then Mike Scotia being being the coach of it, another coach that's like you know looking for a new job and a new place to go. So I just find it very funny that like it's it's that whole thing if we take for granted how good athletes are, <laughs> because then we go versus against the world and they kill it. You know.
1: Sometimes I mean like like I said earlier, it's a bunch of AAA and AA guys that's proven to get back in. Like Scott Cashmere's is AAA for the Giants right now. For an example, Tim Fredericks, he's a triple A for the Dodgers. So that's just instances of people having to prove something. I think if the MLB wants to do what the basketball is doing, like, you know, the NBA is doing, how they have all their superstars play. What they need to do is take a two or three week gap in the season. Just schedule that, plan that eat every four years for the Olympics. If you want that to be, you know, hold up to be true. If you want all your star power there.
0: Well, I was reading something with Forbes, uh, an article of Forbes saying that it came down to money and it came down to how much money the Olympic Committee was willing to give the MLB. Um, I feel like when they did the World Baseball Classic, I believe baseball wasn't in the Olympics at that time. So I think they, they the MLB put on that whole uh, Baseball World Classic to show that there's interest in baseball again, and that helped it get it back into the olympics oh, world I, I classic was crazy effort. man
1: that was definitely crazy yeah
0: yeah that was those were some really awesome games but what made them awesome was that we knew who the players were <laughs> you know what i mean they're not just random ass triple a guys that you know have been in the minors for 11 years and and hit 200 when they get to the mlb so
1: yeah because i was definitely watching rooting for puerto rico every single trip because they had some of my favorite players it was damn near unfair every trip, damn near unfair.
0: Yeah, I just really great games. I just I remember being so happy watching all those games, and then, I don't think they took a break in the season, right? They did in the off season or something like that. Yeah, they
1: did in off season.
0: But uh, you know, unfortunate loss for the U.S. They get a silver. Um, I think I'm happy with that, considering the lineup that they that they put forward.
1: I'm never I'm never happy with a fucking silver medal in Team USA anything. You have to be better than everybody. Yes, we have more medals than everybody, but no, I'm not accepting that.
0: Yeah, but that's the easy way out. That's the that's the easy win conversation because we're in every single every single event, and we're going to have high class people in every single, you know, high high tier people in every single event. So I honestly think we should so just win know, gold gonna...
1: medals for everything and just sweep the board. But that hey, that's <laughs> just me.
0: <laughs> Why is there like two hundred events? Yeah, I don't think, think we should ever 20
1: golds. I don't think we should ever accept a bronze or silver medal. I don't.
0: Well, Nico, if you ever become president, you're gonna be giving so much money to the uh to the Olympic uh committee to make sure that all these other athletes are uh are you know trained at the top tier so that they go and win gold.
1: Yes. Yes, how it should be. Put our very best out there. It's the Olympics. We supposed to put our very best out there, not the second tier team, but hey. You know, baseball's different. We move, we move how we want to move. Well, it's all
0: money. It's just money. That's all it is. If, if the Olympic committee were were gonna be wanted to, you know, play ball, you know, no pun intended, play ball, they could have just given more money to the MLB, and that that would have been a. It's all about money, man. It's all about money.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, speaking of, I was looking into uh, the. Field of Dreams game that is going to be happening next week uh, between the Yankees and the White Sox. It's going to be in a cornfield in Iowa with 8,000 seats. Uh, and that's all the attendance that they're allowing in is 8,000 seats. Um, I couldn't find ticket prices, but apparently they've been, uh, you know, obviously really rare mm-hmm. and and super high priced for the people in Iowa who got the tickets. Um, what... What is your opinion of a Field of Dreams
1: game? I think it's been a long time coming. Um, You know, Iowa doesn't have any major sports. They root for the University of Iowa. Like, that's that's their NFL, MLB, NBA team is the University of Iowa. You got Iowa State. A lot of these cities and states definitely don't have the sports teams. So the fact that the MLB building something in Iowa to give those fans something to cheer for and look forward to is a great thing for the game. Every year they can go there. And then since you built that stadium, the high school teams can start playing there for their championship games, stuff like that. It gives the MLB more attention in Iowa. They probably realized that the demographics and stuff and the numbers were down for viewership in Iowa because they don't have anyone to root for. I don't know who the next closest team is to them, the Kansas City Royals or something they're not good right now, so the fact they're bringing two legitimate franchises to that um you know to that field is amazing. I wish it was Dodgers Mets or like the Red Sox Yankees give a rivalry, but I'll accept the White Sox and the Yankees.
0: you consider Dodgers
1: Mets a rivalry? Not wrong teams, wrong teams, my fault <laughs> I mean like Yankees Yankees, Mets. Or the Dodgers and uh, Giants, ah. the Giants or Dodgers-Padres. You know, something like that. Okay.
0: Uh, I mean, other than that, great points. I mean, yeah, like, when you're in a middle state like that, what team do you root for? <laughs> is it, like, the closest team, or is it just, like, free range? You could, like, go root for the Giants, the San Francisco Giants, when you live in Iowa, you know? Like, like where, where do you go to? I, I guess just weird fandoms. Um, I I don't know. I have the opinion of that it's... Weird. It's just a weird product placement because I feel like you're going back in time, right? You know, as like the last vestiges of managers that who hold on to these unwritten rules, um, and we and we see the clash between the younger players who just want to have fun and play ball versus these guys are being like, no, and there needs to be rules, and you you can't swing at three old pitches when you're up twelve nothing. Um, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a send like a send back in time. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like, you know, they got to go into these old style jerseys and it's like, remember the good old days type feel to it. And I don't know. I don't know if that appeals to me.
1: I disagree. Um, I'm I'm going to disagree with you. I don't even mean to cut you off, but I'm going to disagree because uh, the Williamsport Classic, how the MLB teams go to the Little League World Series, like you, it's just to get a different look at the game. Like you have some young players in uh, Omaha, they go to Omaha to play uh, whenever the Little League World Series is. You bring your two favorite teams and players the kids love it. It's just to grow like viewership in general. You focus in on key points that you know you're missing at. You're missing with a younger crowd. So let's bring their favorite players here. And then I uh Iowa, they're missing with sports in general. So since they don't have sports in general, throw a sports a sports game down there. You may expand and bring an MLB team to Iowa one of these days. Will it happen? I doubt it. But if it does You'll have the Iowa Crusaders or something, and you see, and <laughs> it all started for this little step. The NBA That's not a terrible name.: Because the NBA start doing things like this, and by putting games in Mexico and stuff like that, the NHL putting like an outdoor hockey game in Canada or something like it's just expanding the league. It's smart. And I love yeah, I the think jerseys.: t-
0: Oh yeah, yeah, the jerseys look really rare. Do you like the Yankees one? I didn't like the Yankees one at all. What does it just say? New York. That's all I'm seeing. It just says New York on it. No, no pinstripes or anything. The White Sox jerseys look sick. Yeah. That's that's normally how White Sox Sox shit
1: looks like. It looks like that. I wish they had a different hat, but the jerseys are cool. New York is. Yeah. Screw it. It's just them.
0: I think they're literally copying and pasting uh, the the Black Sox jerseys, which, which I mean, like, I'm not. It's just so weird that teams are going to have 11 different jerseys to choose from as alternatives. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be, at one point, playing every other day in a different jersey, which, I mean, I guess is cool, but...
1: I mean, screw it. At this rate, you have the non-facial hair baseball team going against the Sox.
0: I like how you distinguish the most recognizable... Uh, sports icon name in the Yankees. You can recognize all around the world. People know who the Yankees are and you call them the no facial hair. team.
1: <laughs> it creeps me out. Like I really start paying attention to that since you mentioned it last episode.
0: I think that it's like a class thing. You know what I mean? You try to say like, oh, we're classier than everybody else type type feel
1: to it. No, because you know what's crazy? It gave me PTSD because when I was in high school, we had this rule where we had to shave our face. I don't like that. No. In high school? In high school. You shave your face in high school? We had to shave mandatory- our, We had to- no, no facial hair. It was mandatory or you get detention. I don't like it. What? I don't like it. I'm so serious. <laughs> I don't like it. Mm.
0: See, like, I had to do that. I wrestled in high school, so I had to shave it because you can't- Like, people could tug on your, your beard and stuff. It, mm. And, like, you know, you could, like, when you're jabbing your chin into somebody, like, it, it has some sort of advantage to it. But the fact that you just like every day in school had to shave and make sure you were clean face. That's insane.
1: Just imagine everybody with a five o'clock shadow because they had to shave every single day. And then you get hair bumps and stuff like you just get bumps from razors and stuff. They didn't care. You got to shave. I hate it.
0: I mean, I I mean, I definitely would have looked better in those like middle school times when I was starting to get like a pencil mustache and definitely would have been a better time for me. You know what I'm saying?
1: Had a thick mustache. Goatee was growing in. Hate it.
0: Brandon's Sports Talk is a Sports Talk podcast where he interviews athletes, coaches, and sports business owners. You can listen to Brandon's Sports Talk on YouTube and watch all of his amazing content. All right, Nico, um, I'm interested in going on who you thought won this year's trade deadline.
1: Okay, so well, I think one a trade deadline, I'm going to mention two teams from two conferences. So this is an unpopular opinion throughout our company. Um, maybe I'm the only one who thinks it, but the New York Yankees, when they added Joey Gallo and Anthony Rezzo, they filled up their holes in the outfield and designated hitter, and they filled up their hole with left-handed hitting and first base. Ever since they got these players, they're 8-2 in their last 10. As we're recording this episode right now, they're 60-49. and 49. Five and a half games back of the Devil Rays or the Tampa Bay Rays, excuse me. The Devil Rays? Who are six and four in their last 10, and then the Red Sox are two and eight in their last 10. The Yankees are the hottest team in that division right now, along the Blue Jays. The Yankees, in my prediction, will hop to number one by the end of the season, and you're gonna be shocked when you say it. And we're gonna come back to this episode and say Nico was right. And then <laughs> in the National League, the team that won the trade deadline. Was the San Francisco Giants? You filled up your hole with Chris Bryant. You were already number one in the division thanks to injuries from the Dodgers and the Padres. You're with the momentum right now. You're six and four. You got the power that you needed at third base. You got a superstar that you needed because the Giants were lacking that superstar name. So they also want to trade that line. I feel like they're going to win that division as well.
0: Uh oh, solid picks. I think you are completely right with the Yankees in the AL. Um yeah, if they end up taking over first place from being in I think you were saying they were in fourth at one point, uh if they end up overtaking the Red Sox and Rays and win that division, I think that you're totally right. <laughs> I think they do do win it. Um just because if the Dodgers win the the NL West, um I feel like that's more predictable. You know, I feel like you You get used to that happening because it's happened so much over the past, you know, 10 seasons or whatever. Um, So I just feel like that if the Dodgers go and do that, it was probably going to it could have happened without them making the trades that they made. So I don't know if that goes into the argument of did they win the trade deadline, but I think that they're going to be my pick for the for the NL Um, because if they end up winning that NL West, I think that they're they won the deadline themselves because adding Max Scherzer and Trey Turner it was the steal of the trade deadline because if you look at all these other deals there was really it was an even trade right you know you're trading one guy for a bunch of prospects you're trading uh like you know the cubs unloading they kind of traded them out to you know we talked about how the giants were the only one that really benefited from getting Chris Bryant whereas like it was almost a lateral move for the mets to get Javi Baez Um, and like, I feel like the Dodgers were the only ones that like won the trade. Uh, although the Yankees for Gallo, that trade was like a a nobody, right? It was like the 17th best player in the, in the minor league system. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. I might be, I might be contested on this, but I just, for, for sake of argument, I'm going to go with the Dodgers. I disagree. Because if they end up. I disagree
1: yep. because at first, when you say, like when at first when I seen Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, I'm like, oh shit! The Dodgers literally—they're the only ones to make a big splash. And then all of a sudden, the Cubs decided to give away the entire team and the field and the and the coach, everything. They just gave away everything for nothing, for nothing. But anyways, they gave and away field diving. But the Cubs had great players. They had great players and gave them away to rivals of these teams. The Giants stole one of the best third basemen. The all-star that we had, they stole our all-star. Max Scherzer was a borderline all-star. He wasn't even an all-star until 10 players opted out, and then they made him in. He's also 36 with a major, with a big contract, which is an issue. But the Cubs gave away Chris Bryant to the Giants to fill up that hole that they needed. The Yankees got a first baseman that they needed. Who can fill? The gold glover, three-time gold glove winner. They got Anthony Rizzo, who's also a career 270 hitter. He doesn't hit for power all the time. He can hit for contact and he's a left-handed hitter that you desperately needed because you only had fucking righties. So now you filled that hole. The Mets got a solidified utility player. He can play everything. And I know when we were discussing in our meeting, uh, Javier Baez in the infield, that's fucking weird. Okay. You can throw him at shortstop. You can throw him at third base. He can also play first base a little. He can play second base. He can play the outfield. He can do everything. He's flashy. He just can't hit for contact. That's the only thing he can hit for power. He brings the flash. That's all you need to solidify the New York Mets.
0: So where I come in with that is I'm saying if we're looking at like a long term, like a long term effect of the trade deadline. Now, sure, if the Yankees go and win the World Series, it's going to be hard to argue that, you know, they didn't win this trade deadline, but like Scherzer is definitely going to come back to that team. And Trey Turner is definitely going to come back to the Dodgers. You can't say that about Chris Bryant because the giants have a lot of money in Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, all, like those two guys themselves. Um, and I think they're pitching a couple guys in their pitching staff are making over $10 million uh, a year. Uh, I don't know that Chris Bryant is going to come back to the giants next year because he's going to want a big money contract. Uh, and, and he's going to want a long-term big money
1: contract. And this is where I would say, and I don't even mean to cut you off, this is where I would say it's a <laughs> situation where the Cubs and Yankees did when they tra- the Yankees traded Aroldis Chapman, Adam Warren, which were rentals at the time. You got us the World Series, and then you went back to your respective teams. We said in our last show, I feel like the Chicago Cubs are going to bring back two of these guys. They're not bringing back Javier Bias. He's going to want too much, and he doesn't even fucking hit for average. Um, Chris Bryant is going to be a free agent. He's going to want $25 million a year. He loves Chicago. He got married in Chicago. His family is now in Chicago. I feel like they're going to bring him back for the 25 a year that he wants. I feel like they're going to bring back Anthony Rizzo on a cheaper $13 million deal. And you have the prospects from these players because you hustled them. You literally gave away a rental for half of a season. And then you're probably going to get them back. You didn't trade Wilson Contreras. You didn't trade uh, Kyle Hendricks. You didn't give away a lot of good talent that we had. We're still stuck with fucking Jason Hayward, but still, we we literally kept all of the core pieces that formed from that championship team. We gave away the core, too. But I feel like we're going to get two people back and give away Javi Baez with no problem at all.
0: I, I feel like it adds to my point then, because if the Yankees don't win a World Series, right, they go into the playoffs and they lose and then they're not signing Rizzo back. Right. Let's say let's say in this case, Rizzo goes back to the Cubs. Right. They don't sign Rizzo back uh gallo who's uh he might be on contract for two years but but let's say gallo's contract is up if he is his if his contract's up they got to pay him money too he might go somewhere else as well so you're giving up these prospects to get these guys and then they're going back to their home teams they're going back to uh, uh getting signed for outrageous money if they go elsewhere so I, I don't like, you know I mean? I don't see that as a win then. That's that's going to be like a major loss. I do. If
1: the Yankees make the playoffs and the Yankees don't, if they the Yankees were on pace to miss the playoffs, if the Yankees make the playoffs, that's a win. For them, it's championship. Nothing, but still, if you make the playoffs for their fan base, that's a win. The Giants were already number one in the division, but they were struggling. They were falling. Uh, the Dodgers and Padres were catching up to them. They got Chris Bryant now. They solidified their spot in the division. They might win the division. If healthy, they still might win number one and get to the playoffs, which is a win for them. You win A World Series is a major win, but getting to the playoffs, getting to the NL or ALCS is the win. So it doesn't matter. And sometimes rentals are fine. Rentals get you to where you need to be. Like it, it happens every single year. A team will trade one of the players to another team, and they know they're not going to stay there long term, but they couldn't afford them this season, and you wanted prospects in return. So, it happens every year. So, if the Giants or the Yankees don't win, so be it. They're still going to be happy, and they're still going to get somebody back. And they both teams can afford both players.
0: Sure, but them not signing them, them choosing not to sign them, which could totally happen. It's not like, like Scherzer and Turner are going to be dodgers like you know what i mean like they're going to come back next year they're going to come back two years from now there's no like they're both under contract and the dodgers are going to be able to keep that those contracts so i i feel like that in that sense they're going to be the winners of this because only one team wins a world series you know two teams go to it one team wins it with all the other people who traded for rentals at the deadline only two of those teams are going to a World Series and one of them is going to win it. And we don't even know. I don't even think it's guaranteed. Like, the Yankees aren't even in first place yet. They're, they're Are they competing for a wild card? But, you know, okay, they make the wild card and they're going to be the heavy favorite probably in the wild card game. But, like, you know what I mean? There's still a possibility that they don't even get past a wild card game. You know what I mean? And that's where I say, like, I feel like the Dodgers can be, an outright winner of this deadline.
1: We'll see. Cause for right now they're in second place. They're also like, uh, as the time of recording, they're like four and five and five and five, something like that in their last 10. Um, yeah. They're five and five in their last 10. We'll see if they can be healthy. If all teams are healthy, which we know won't happen, but if all teams can maintain 75% health, we'll see at the end of the season. But I do feel like the giants are still number one.
0: Okay. OK, I feel like I feel like the Dodgers, if if you don't win that division against this Giants team, I know this Giants team has been great and everything. If you don't win that division, you got to start looking at to make some moves <laughs> to get rid of people. I feel like I mean, they just won a World Series, but I feel like uh, the complacency of we need to win as much as we can now like, like you know, try as many world series as we can before these players get oh, older they won, won to a World people. series
1: in a sixty game season with no fans for most of it. I don't care that doesn't count,
0: so that's what I'm saying is that like you gotta you gotta win it this year now to solidify winning last
1: year, right? Oh yeah, but still,
0: otherwise, you got critics like us calling you out,
1: yeah, and then you have people like, it doesn't matter, they still winning it no, 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 no. No, no, no. <laughs> 60 games, no fans for most of them. Fans really. I mean, I,
0: I count it, but.
1: I don't. Fans like really drive it home. I don't count the NBA Bubble Championship either. Wow. I, wow. I, I really don't because fans are a big part of sports. That's why we have them. You can shake a pitcher wow. easy, you can shake a player easy. All it takes is trolling and heckling. You can affect the game in little ways. Look at um 2003 playoffs when uh, Steve Bartman interfered with Moises and Lewin. The Cubs just literally got screwed after that. They made like four straight errors after that.
0: Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like if you're going online and trolling somebody, you're going out of your way to, you know, force yourself in there, whereas Steve Bartman was just trying to catch a ball. He wasn't, look at, you know, he didn't have any look at the intent Houston, to do. Look
1: at the Houston Astros and when they played the Dodgers for the first time in a long time. Um, all the Dodgers fans start wearing trash cans and shit like it brings a different element to the game when you're trolling and stuff when you're getting booed everywhere it hits different and the Astros still won that game but it hits different
0: well I think that Altuve struggled Bregman struggled all those guys all their major guys struggled Um, uh, it, last season all those guys were struggling really really hard once there was opposing fans in the stadium mm-hmm. uh, and then they went and still won their playoff series <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, and then then they got all cocky and everybody hated them again. Um, but you know they're kind of bad. The Astros are are back. They're really back to to being like all elite players. They've you know? been
1: back. I'm just saying, despite all the cheating, they're still number one in their division. Um,
0: well, I, I I imagine that the cheating hasn't stopped. I don't think that no, like you know, I, I think oh, I think got screwed on that one thing.
1: I think it stopped. I think it stopped. And they still had the talent regardless. They didn't even need to cheat. I'm not even going to lie to you. They didn't need to. They were still very talented. But, fuck it. Solidify the championship. I don't blame them. They
0: get Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. And Charlie Morton, who is good for no reason.
1: I think they were just doing it just because. Because they were already whooping everybody's ass. So they just did it just because. And I don't think they were doing it the whole season. They were probably doing it towards the back end of the season.
0: Nah, they were doing it 1,000% the whole season. Bullshit. They were doing it the whole, whole season. I need proof. (laughs) <laughs> they have proof. They told you. Nope. <laughs> they came out and told you nope. for, for amnesty so they wouldn't get punished. They said, hey, we we did this cheating
1: thing. Yeah, whatever. No, because look, it's like a public defender, right? So they know you're not guilty, but they don't feel like fighting your case. So to take the least amount of punishment, just sign this plea deal and take 10 years. It's kind of like how the assholes were doing. They probably were in, under investigation. They know they didn't do it for the whole season, but they were like, to so just take the least amount of penalty, just go ahead and say you did it the whole season.
0: I think all teams cheat. I, I think I really do think all teams cheat to, to a certain capacity, what we would consider cheating. I think all teams cheat in, in whatever way possible. You got to rem- remember that the Red Sox, the next World Series, when all that Astros stuff was breaking, the, the Red Sox had a scandal with the Apple Watches where they fired Alex Cora, I believe it was Alex Cora, as their manager they they did all of their their you know housekeeping and own investigation and and MLB kind of swept it under the rug cuz they were like we don't really need this coming out and then apparently that offseason the Yankees somebody sent an anonymous tip to the MLB or to um media a media source they had an envelope with the Yankees and and it was ruled in a court that that envelope couldn't be opened but appar- apparently inside it showed proof that the Yankees were also cheating so i just think at this point Every team cheats. I, I, knowing people who played baseball in high school, knowing people who played baseball in college, now they all say we all sign still. We do everything yeah, we can. But to but sign, sign, sign stealing is
1: sign stealing is allowed. Like you shit. Like are we? Our dugout was first base. We played at home. We had one of the nicest fields in the entire conference. Uh, our baseball team when I was playing was always twenty fifth, top twenty five in the nation. So we put our dugout at first base and. What our coach did was still signs, still the third base coach signs. And we figured it out every single game after the first inning. But it's not our fault that you didn't change your signs. You yeah. should, like, we differ. Yeah our, we, yeah, our signs differ every single game. That's not our fault that you decided not to change it. So that's like not even cheating. It's just like unwritten rules.
0: Yeah. I, and and that's what I'm saying is that like you know we we get mad about steroid use in the in 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 the MLB and Ramon Lariano tests positive for a PED he was coming off a calf injury so it was probably related to that people are, are assuming online that it's related to that um, but like and I was like people still take steroids in this game like they should but- I'm,
1: I'm all for steroids.
0: I think it should be for recovery I think if you're coming off of an injury which is now when they primarily test guys for PEDs and that's where you find a lot of positives is that like they're not coming like getting a random drug test in the middle of the season after they just pitched seven scoreless innings they're getting it when they're coming back from an injury Mm. and that's it's it's really kind of cherry picking of of when you're going to find a guy that tests positive for PEDs but I, I wonder if that like I mean I don't know that that's going to have an adverse effect, you know what I mean They're just bringing a guy back quicker from an injury. Um, I don't know like how is that a cross line of cheating when you're allowing things like sign stealing? you know what I mean like like do we even it, it makes me question how we define cheating in, in baseball
1: i'm I'm all for cheating. Do what you need to do to win I, I've been saying that for the longest like if you want to use steroids, you still have to put the bat to the ball. Uh, at this rate, like, Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. You still have to put the bat to the ball. Before steroids, Barry Bonds was still hitting over 500 home runs. After steroids, 766 or 762. Regardless, his ball just traveled an extra 5 to 10 feet. That's really about it. Like, he already had the power. A-Rod, before steroids, already was on pace to have 400 home runs. You can say it added an extra 200, sure. It just took the ball an extra five to ten feet out because he was already hitting it over the fucking wall. It just took it a little further over the wall. That's about it. You can still strike them out. There's people that use steroids all the time that still hit two thirty. Yeah. So.
0: Well, I, I think I think that A Rod is also defensively one of the best third baseman and shortstops. If you look at that, the statistics on him, he was the best hitting hitting shortstop and hitting third base and that's why really, like he's one of the greatest players in the game that we've ever seen.
1: And I, I definitely agree with that. A-Rod is my second favorite player of all time. Ken Griffey's number one A Rod's number I, two. You didn't even
0: need to say that Ken Griffey was number one, my man. <laughs> it's like your fifth time. Tell you. But I agree. I I mean Ken Griffey is is one of the best players. And of he's all time. the I mean, he's
1: the only clean player to do it and hit 630. So yes. I mean, I fuck with Ken Griffey. Um, a Rod, I loved A Rod. Uh, his defensive skills went down as he got older, got a little fatter, but shit happens, man. But I used to love him. Uh, a- steroids just, it just brings a different element to the game, it brings more excitement. Like, shit, fuck it. If you want to ruin your body for the rest of your life, so be it. For our enjoyment and entertainment, I fuck with it. I like
0: it. I, I think right now, though, the thing is is that the swing and misses, right? You know, like like with a guy who's pitching you know, a hundred miles an hour and he's pitching a cutter, a hundred miles an hour. Uh, and he throws it inside and the thing cuts all the way in, regardless of whether you're on steroids or not, you're not going to hit that ball. (laughs) And, and that's what the league has kind of come to. It's come to a lot of guys who optimize that. I'm going to swing for the fences and have my bat angle at a certain way and swing at a certain way so that balls can go over the fence. But, that takes away your contact in like a major way where you're not even going to be contacting the ball a third of the time uh, a, a, to get a hit. Like you're going to be striking out, striking out, striking out. I think that's what happened with the Cubs. I think they all tried to become more power hungry and, and, you know, all of their offensive stats are really, really like plummeted. Like they're all their con though. Their um, batting average numbers, all of that, like, like really plummeted. Like Javi bias used to not, he used to be a pure hitter. He used Bullshit. to like not pop out.
1: Bullshit. Javier but ba- he used to not
0: pop out. Ever. Javier, like he was one of those no. guys. Javier
1: Baez was always a pull hitter. He was always a pull hitter. Okay. Addison Russell, when he was there, before his whole domestic violence stuff happened, he was a pull hitter. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo was a pull hitter because of his batting stance. Chris Bryant was a pull hitter. They were just pull hitters. They didn't use opposite fields. Now Chris Bryant started to use opposite fields. His batting average went up. Anthony Rizzo start playing, start swinging to both sides of the field, so they stop fucking playing horseshoe right on him. I hate the horseshoe right shift because they realize he's a pull hitter. They shifted the infield to the left when Chris Bryant and Hobby was batting, so they were just batting to pull the baseball. They never utilized both sides of the field, and that was John, that was Joe Madden's fault uh, for not really incorporating that, and the hitting coach fault for not really incorporating Madden's that. So much. Shit happens, man, but. At the end of the day, they evolved their game. The only one who didn't evolve their game was Javier Baez. He's starting to play like Francisco Lindor. Francisco Lindor was on pace to be the best shortstop in the game. Now his batting average is shitty. So because he's focused on power, Javier Baez swings for defenses. Most times it works, but it's just not pure. But he brings excitement to the game. But he's a career 250 hitter, maybe worse. So you just get, you get what you expect. Like Jason Hayward was a pool hitter, still is a pool hitter. And you see where that got him.
0: Yeah, so I guess it's more of the shift. I I had thought I had thought that Javi Baez was one of those guys that like a, that's like a Joey Votto or a Christian Yelich where they go two years without popping out to the infield because they just have such a solid swing. But uh, I guess I'm wrong. I guess Javi Baez was always was always hobby Baez, and then the shift really killed him.
1: And then he got more uh, like he got more in, you know like notoriety and stuff, and then just wanted more excitement. Just start trying to pull it. That's why when you see him swing. Sometimes he'll finish with two hands. Sometimes he'll finish with one. It's the fact that you don't have that repetition of consistency with your swing. It kind of fucks up everything. So when he swings with one hand and it's all wild and shit, he was swinging for defenses. When he swings with two hands, that's more of a pure hitter right there. But he doesn't do the two hand swing anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. People were, I saw a lot of people online being like, that was the ugliest swing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I've never seen so many comments like that for somebody swinging in Javi Baez. Um, moving along, uh, I wanted to go over, uh, this post to kind of finish up the show. Uh, it's a opinion, opinion piece of opinion post about saying, tell me your least favorite player on, uh, your favorite team and your favorite player on your least favorite team. Uh, Nico, do you want to go first on that? All right. Or? So you said
1: our favorite player on our least favorite,
0: our favorite, your favorite player on your least favorite team. And then your least favorite player on your favorite team. All right. So, which I I think I'm going to know. I think I'm going to know both of
1: these. I don't know. Maybe you won't. Well, my favorite player on my least favorite team, everybody knows I hate the fucking White Sox. I hate the White Sox. Oh, okay. I also really dislike the Dodgers. So, I'm going to give you two of my favorite players on my least favorite team. I love Mookie Betts. Uh, I love the one he was with the Red Sox. You got traded to the Dodgers. I'm glad he got a World Series, another one, because you know he was already a champion might I add, a good champion, 162-game season champion, but neither here nor there. Um, And then I love Tim Anderson from the Chicago White Sox. We don't honestly see a lot of black shortstops in the game, like doing it from both ends, like uh, fielding, hitting, brings the pop, brings the excitement. People don't like the bat flips and stuff like that, but it brings the flash because that's how Chicago baseball players are, most of them, and they're flashy, and I like it. So that's why he's my favorite shortstop in the game, and Mookie Betts is my favorite outfielder in the game. And then my least favorite player on my favorite team is fucking Jason Hayward. I hate Jason Hayward. He doesn't. <laughs>
0: I knew you were gonna go that one. Yep, yep. I, I could have guessed that.
1: <laughs> he doesn't do shit right. Um, he feels, sure, uh, but we don't need any filters anymore. We're already fucking two and eight in our last ten games. We're twenty one and thirty seven on the road. We're fifty two and fifty nine as we're recording this episode. He can fucking go. Trade him. Drop him. Release him. Send him to the minors. I don't care. I don't like him. Uh,
0: listen, his his speeches in the in the dugout just you know just transcend with all the players. So I, I just can't believe you just keep on missing that value that he just has
1: transcending words whenever he talks to his players. I don't care.
0: Which is which is why he got forward for like 20 million
1: dollars a year. No, he got 20 million uh, because he was a Brave and he was good. He was hitting 260 as a Brave, came to Chicago, hit 190. I don't care.
0: <laughs> um uh, your other two picks are just are awesome picks. Just very very awesome picks. Um yeah, I mean Mookie Betts, how how can you hate that guy? Like, there's people that hate that guy. How can you hate that guy? Greatest just, smile uh, in baseball. I, I yeah, he's gonna be such a great player. I like I love it when we're watching people and you know that they're gonna be Hall of Famers. And that's that's the vibes that, that Mookie Betts gives off that he's going to be just a Hall of Famer and he knows it and he's like, Yeah, sure, whatever, I'll just keep playing up to this level. Like, like never never falters in the way that he plays. Just
1: plays so awesome. And you know what makes me sick? Jason Hayward's a five-time Gold Glove winner. The last time he won was in 2017. 2017.
0: He was on the 2016 Cubs, right? Yeah. Or 2015 Cubs. 2016, yeah, they won the the World Series. We won in 2016,
1: but his last Gold Glove was in 2017. So if you're paying him $20 million a year to be a good fielder, and you're not even winning Gold Gloves to prove it, why the hell do we have you?
0: Well, I mean, outfield is like, the deepest position ever so that's kind of hard you know I mean? you, you would have to be separate perfect. yourself from the rest okay <laughs> harsh words just harsh slander on jason hayward i mean i honestly i feel like i would be that way about robinson cano because that's probably the mets worst contract and i hated that train i love so i much. love
1: robbie canoda robbie cano is one of my favorites
0: i don't like robbie cano the met if you if you focus specifically on his trade to the Mets and him being a Met, I feel like uh I feel like I would uh, be ranting as hard as you are in Jason Hayward right now. Um for me, my least favorite player on my favorite team, who's my least favorite Met? Edwin Diaz. I'm gonna go with Edwin Diaz. I didn't want to talk about the trade, and now I'm gonna talk about the trade. <laughs> Brody Van Wagnen signs Robinson Cano to the Mariners on a you know a huge ridiculous deal he was 31 he signed a 10 year deal where he was making 20 million dollars a year uh every year it was 200 million dollar deal or whatever he ends up getting traded to the Mets with Edwin Diaz who was the save leader of the previous season for Jared Kelenic who was a top prospect in baseball uh prior to his his debut this year um and she... god who was I can't remember the left. Jay Bruce. And Jay Bruce also left in, in that deal and then performed better on the Mariners. And Edwin Diaz uh, immediately sucked the minute he became a Met. It was really embarrassing. Brody Van Wagnin was also the GM of the Mets who orchestrated the trade as well with Robbie Cano having four years, making $20 million a year to end off that contract. He was going to be paid by the Mets. So he made this awful deal where they just took on twenty million dollars essentially. Uh Robbie Cano obviously fell off until he was doing good. I think in the COVID year he was doing good, and then he got hit with PEDs. And I was like, ah, that's why. Because he just was he was cranking home runs like every other game. Like it was it was getting insane. I was like, what the hell is this? 36 year old Robbie Cano has like 15 home runs and in, in whatever it was, 40 games. Um, and then obviously the season ended from PEDs, and he's, you know, I guess not even playing anymore. So we're just pretty much, uh, no, I think he's still suspended. Yeah. I think he's still suspended. So, um, the Mets don't have to pay him evidently, but you know, we're still going to have two more years at $20 million. It, It was one of the worst trades ever. Edwin Diaz gives up the home run to Bryce Harper last night. That is the deciding factor in that game against the Phillies and they lose first place. So, uh, definitely right now, Edwin Diaz is my least favorite player. Um, my favorite player on my least favorite team. All right. So I'm going to say Braves and Phillies are my, my least favorite teams. Uh, Braves Acuna. I don't think that that is a far fetched thing. I think Acuna is going to be also one of the, you know, top stars in this game. If he doesn't get injured and injuries don't derail his career. Uh, love him. Just pure player. Love that he hits for contact. He can hit for contact, he can hit for power. He's a great fielder. He's just, you know, perfect five-tool player. Um, love him, hate the Braves. Really, really hate the Braves. Uh, probably the second team that I hate. I don't know. Yankees or Phillies. I'm going to go Yankees, and I'm going to say my favorite player is Aaron Judge. I think that that's a guy who is very marketable. And I think he doesn't get phased by New York media, which is a very, very rare thing in in on New York teams to see someone not phased by media when they don't perform. Um, you know, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, who underperformed, he, like, I think had a, fe- a little feud with the media at one point because, you know, they're writing stuff about him and he's not performing and he's getting paid a shitload of money to do it, um, to hit 220. And, and crank a few homers out, but he had calf problems. Aaron Judge, though, I think is, he's an underrated defender in right field. I think I think he's really, really underrated as a defender. I think um, he has a wider range. I think he can cover a lot of ground. He can rob home runs, and he's not afraid to rob home runs. Um, and then at the bat, you know, he's just electric. Like, people now pitch around him because he's just so good at hitting. Um and uh, yeah, I think I think those are two pretty solid picks, Acuna and Judge.
1: Those are some good picks. Um, no disrespect, um, Robinson Cano is a future Hall of Famer, but those are some good picks.
0: Not, not in his Mets career. If you look at it, if you solidified his Mets career, he is not a Hall. of okay. Famer.
1: Okay, he hit two fifty six one season, thirteen home runs, and the steroid year. Yeah,
0: and then he got caught with PEDs. I mean, right? fuck if it. Am I wrong the on that?
1: steroid year, .316, ten home runs. Oh, it happens. Yeah. It happens. I mean shit. His last All Star game was or is last All Star appearance of twenty seventeen. He's a he's eight time All Star. Um how many gold gloves did he win? Won a few gold gloves, few silver sluggers, uh twenty five hundred career hits, a career three hundred hitter. So Hall of Famer.
0: Oh I think if you look at his Yankee career and take that into consideration, I think he could totally be you could consider him a Hall even famer. even as a I think mariner that when you look even, at his Mets career no even as a mariner when he was a mariner, yeah. he was hitting three hundred yeah in the beginning he was he tailed off at like
1: thirty two thirty three i mean so no and as a as a mariner no, hit three fourteen no. two eighty seven two ninety eight two eighty uh finished batting three oh three with him and then went to the Mets.
0: So it's really just the Mets curse. They they just yes. they get people on and they just You guys wash up. all your
1: fucking talent. Like they're they lose their skill when they come to New York, the Mets.
0: Yeah. I don't I don't know what it is, man. They change coaches too. Like it's it's just oh, it's baked into the bread of the New York Mets that people just come here and are bad. And that's the reason. Um all right. Uh Nico, do you have uh do you have anything else? to plug or anything like that as we wrap up the show
1: other than that make sure you guys follow us on tiktok the tiki Tuck at all talk no bulk i'm gonna get a consistent schedule for you guys coming out very soon but we're gonna have some fun content on there you should definitely go like comment and share with your friends
0: yeah uh, we also have a facebook page an instagram page a twitter page um we are on as much social media as We can get on. So please go like and follow us there. Um, Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you do, please uh, share us. Share us everywhere. Give us likes. Give us views because that's what we uh, need to keep doing this thing. Uh, Also, uh, we write articles. I almost forgot to plug articles like I do every single time. And uh, really good, really high quality stuff. Our writers are really, really good. Um, And I'm not just boasting myself. We have other writers who who are good other than myself. But please check out those pieces, please read them, please share them, Uh, because that helps us out in a tremendous way. Uh, Nico, thank you for joining me today, my man.
1: No problem, no problem. It was definitely a fun episode, definitely a fun episode. Yep.
0: Um, And uh, yeah, I guess we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening.
1: Bye-bye.